Welcome to Presence Church Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit PresenceOC.org. Hey, so we're going to jump right in to the quote-unquote message. I'm going to invite two amazing women up here. Jessica, come on up. And then the other one is Victoria. Victoria, she's coming up. And we're going to have a little discussion, a little hangout talk. Um, just put in the middle. That, that, Victoria can be in the middle or something. Okay, you can, you can be there. Jess can be in the middle. Yeah, you can be in the middle. Um, so, you know, I've, I've, I've been to church. I've been in church, probably not as much as you guys have. Could you I came out weird. <laughs> I'm bad at multitasking, just... Oh, yeah, we need the microphone, and then we need to stand. Thanks. So what I mean is I, I didn't grow up in the church. So some of you guys grew up in the church and all that stuff, and um, I've been going to church for a little while. Um, what I've, I, I thought was really interesting is I've never um, actually been in a conversation um, with, about racism in church. And I, I remember the first time I heard about it, my first thought was like, there's no racism in church. Really? It's church. It's all beautiful and wonderful. And, and, um, and I, the more and more I, my eyes are open to, really, we all do church differently, and there's different types of church, all that stuff. I just recognize, like, church is not perfect, and family's not perfect. I remember a, a gentleman named Michael Brodeur would say, like, you know, people think church is like family, and it should be a safe place to come. And he was like, family's not safe. Family is only safe if you're one or two or three years old. But, I mean, can you think of how many families, if you're a 15-year-old in a family, you know how many times you're, like, rounded or, like, sent to your room or or told you can't have something that you really want? Like, family isn't exactly safe, but family is absolutely a place where you grow. Family is a place where you're challenged and pushed, okay? So the fact that, so and I've never wanted church to be a safe place. I I want it to be a place where you grow. Um, however, it is a place you can belong and you can figure stuff out. And there's no, uh, uh, there's no shame and condemnation if we make mistakes and make messes. But I, I, was just, I realized that with all the racial stuff happening right now, and, um, uh, and Jessica and I, we've been really like reaching out to different people we know and love. Like, what, what should we be listening to? What should we be watching? And then, too, like uh, Victoria... She's an amazing woman of God. Uh, she's, been, uh, she's now leading our whole visuals team. Um, so she was the one that was making all the live streams happen legitimately, single-handedly. And, um, and so she is just a great leader in of herself. Yeah, come on. Just give her some honor there. We've got a chance to sit down with Victoria and actually a couple of people in our community but, um, and, and just ask her questions. And I thought, you know what? I've, it was, and don't, don't, don't crucify me for this. I've never actually sat down with, um, with a, a, an African-American man or woman and, and asked them questions. Um, I've always just watched YouTube videos or something, okay? And I'm just being real. Like, I just, I don't have a ton of African-American friends. Um, I, I just don't. I have a handful of them in different stages of life. And I've never thought to sit down and ask questions and understand what it might be like. And so I just, I don't know how many of you guys have or haven't, but we're going to do that today. We're just going to, we're just going to let her, kind of just let her talk. I told her she could talk the whole time. Um, but we're going to ask her questions as we go and just kind of see where, where God takes it. Does that sound okay? I don't want to have my back to everybody, but. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself, Victoria, just share a little bit about, you know, your, 
you're married, all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Victoria. Hi, guys. Um, it's nice to finally see everybody in person and not just from the computer screen. So I'm super thankful to see you all. Um, yeah, so I'm married to Zach. He's back manning the camera and stuff for me. So, um, But yeah, we moved here from Springfield, Missouri. I actually um, felt God call us to come out here so I could do the media arts track at the School of Worship in Calvary Chapel. And um, Zach did a few years at BSSM, and so some of his friends told us about this church, and um, we were able to come and be a part of your family and stuff. So I'm super thankful. It's awesome to be here and be around all of you guys. I've grown a lot from being here, so I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm going to start us off with a question, um, and it's a pretty broad question, but how has all that's happened with George Floyd's death and the protests and, and all the other stuff attached to that, how has that affected you in this time? Yeah. So I've actually been asked this question a lot, and I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that people are asking me this because it's opening this door to this conversation that hasn't, been, uh, that hasn't happened and I think a lot of people in their life have not decided to start talking about this subject, to start talking about, you know, the effects of racism in the, within, with people in the church and just how it's causing division, how it's, um, it's being a problem. It's a problem in our nation that we have definitely not thought of. We've been pushing it aside. And it's been... Um, so th- this, for me, it's not shocking to me, like, watching that happen because I've seen a lot of that stuff happen. But I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the opportunity to be able to share the gospel, to be able to, this opens us, uh, opens up a door to the African-American community to be able to see where they're actually at right now and to speak to those places in their life that are broken and that are so hurt. And so um, I've been, I've been cr- anywhere from crying to just very excited because I know that God is doing something really great, and um, he's stirring the hearts of the church, and he's awakening, wow, he's awakening us so that we can see where people in our nation are actually at instead of just focusing on, like, what's going on in our lives. And, um, And I got so convicted after this myself for not really paying attention to where people's hearts are at right now. And I, I was brokenhearted whenever I saw the response, um, not because of what was going on, but because I realized that h- how many people are just living in this life without the Lord. And that, that breaks my heart. You know, like I think about some of the stuff that happened to me whenever, whenever I was younger and some of the stuff that I encountered just um, with friends just saying things to me that were horrible, just calling me bad names and things like that. And I think, how would I respond if I didn't have Christ in my life? If my parents didn't intentionally help me heal from and not have hatred towards people, how would I respond to that? And, I was, and that just burns this desire in my heart to see these people come to Christ. I want our nation to, to know the Lord. I want them to know the Lord. And so... Yeah, I think just this is definitely, it's woken me up. I'm awake. Like, I'm aware of what's going on, and I'm seeing it, and I, I want to I wanna do something about it. So, yeah. That's so powerful, just coming back to kingdom, that yeah. if you stand on that foundation, you'll always have victory. That, yeah. That's amazing. Um, 
I, we also spoke with our friend Yozi, who um, is actually interning for Penny. Um, it's funny, I watched an interview in the, with Sean Foyt, and he said, by the way, he, she, with an a, a, a African-American, actually mixed man, and he said, he's not my only black friend. And, <laughs> and I'm like, dang it, but there's only a few that I can say are my black friends in Orange County. There's, there, there's just not a ton of diversity with skin pigment. Um, we have a lot of, you know, Latino in our community. Um, and I almost felt like, is this going to be weird? Like we're interviewing maybe the, the only, the only other black person in our community. Like it, it, we didn't want it to be like, Oh, we're, look at us. We're look at, look at our diversity up here. But just to hear, you know, there, we need these voices in our lives and, and being on social media and listening, I, I reached out to some, I actually lived in a house in, in San Diego when I got saved, I got saved into a church that was mostly black and um, it was a wake up for me. I was like, wow, this is what it feels like to be a minority and to be in a culture that is so not like my culture. And I lived in this house with these people and um, you know, they educated me on everything from BET to, you know, I, I mean, just all the things. And, um, but to be honest, racism wasn't really talked about a ton because we were in a Christian home. And so we mainly focused on what God is doing, which I think is the most important. Yeah. Um, but hearing from these people now, I'm reaching out to them on Facebook and, and asking them, how are you affected? And I think that's important for all of us to hear um, because it helps me check myself when I want to post something out of emotion. And I'm realizing I'm not really, I'm not listening. I need to listen right now. I need to listen and hear um, not only what God is speaking, but what our African-American friends are feeling in the spirit, especially the Christian ones, because those are the ones that will have that foundation and see, you know, um, past uh, fear and past hate and pain, um, but also to hear pain and to, to see where we can meet the needs of that pain, because it's, it's I, I don't want to go into it, but it's in our country and it's horrible. So anyway, what's the next question, honey? Out of quick question, um, have you ever experienced racism in the church, in like you personally, and then even maybe you, you could speak for your parents or what any stories you've heard? Because, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so I actually, when we were growing up, I went um, to a Christian school growing up at the ch- uh, in our hometown, and um, I remember <laughs> just this one instance where. One of the kids had, um, he had called me the N-word, actually. And um, it it was kind of jokingly, it was like he was trying to be funny about it. But it was in a way that was definitely like classifying me as like a specific type of person. And and that was like the first time that I had really encountered it. I was kind of young. And I I remember going up to one of my teachers and being like, hey, like this happened and actually really hurt my feelings and all this stuff. And like. Um, he's just like said a couple things that just have bothered me that just, just, um, and I remember them just being like, oh yeah, we'll talk to him about it. Don't worry about it. And, um, they talked to him about it, but like stuff kept happening and I would, and I would talk to them about it and they'd just be like, you know what? Like we, we keep trying to talk to him about it, but like if things aren't happening, just or keep telling us and stuff. And, um, it just kept feeling like it was like, wait wait a little longer, like wait a little longer. And it just, and it was hard. It was, it was making me feel uncomfortable being in my school where I should feel safe, you know? And, um, and that was hard. That was a really hard season for me. And I remember one of the girls in my school um, specifically went up to him and like, was like, I don't want to hear you say this ever again. 
it was like one of the students went up to him and said, I don't want to hear it ever again. And if I, if I hear it again, then I'm, she's like, I will make sure that we all come up to you and make sure that this doesn't happen again. And, um, and, and at first, like, that was a really painful thing. Um, I think for a long time, I felt like I had to put on this face of performance and I've had to feel like I have to be better than everybody else because I don't want to be put in this stereotype and I don't want to be put in this bias, you know? Um, just even dealing with some teachers, just like, like not, you could just tell like with my mom, they had issues, so they would reflect that on me and different things like that, um, just with, with culture, people feeling uncomfortable about African-American culture and things like that. So that's definitely been an issue. Um, and I'm super thankful we go to a church where we can be freely open to speak to people about that and address those issues. Uh, um, and my, my mom's always been really strong and taught us that. But, um, it, yeah, it's definitely been an issue, like, even just, like, watching people not feel like they're able to belong inside of the church and feel rejected by the church because people don't understand, like, them and their culture and stuff. So that's been – we live in Springfield, Missouri, which is um, – 95% white and 3% black. So um, there was some pretty, actually, really, really bad racial things that happened. Um, and they were lynching people on the streets, like the founders of the city, the people whose names are all over the city, were the very people who were lynching people on the streets um, and driving African Americans out of the town. We just recently broke down a sign that um, says that no uh, Negroes are allowed inside of Springfield, Missouri. That just happened a few years ago. So it's it's a pretty, it's it you can feel it in the in the city. There is definitely a bondage that's over that place, and so yeah, it's it's not been easy to to be there. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I, I feel like I don't know if you guys feel this at all, but like, in some respects, I feel pretty ignorant in some ways. And I, you know, I hear. I, I don't know if you guys know this. I pray. I stay pretty silent on social media um, because I don't have a whole lot of inten- intelligent things to say. And so, not everybody actually has that limiting, uh, that limiting filter. But, but I, I, I'm honestly there's part of me that's afraid to say something because it almost feels like anything you say can and will be used against you. Um, and it's like, I don't know how to be kind. I don't know how to be um, um, honoring. I don't, I don't, it just feels like you, it, I don't care what hashtag you use, it's the wrong one. Yeah. And it, it's, it's silly that I, I get hashtag, the whole idea sounds ridiculous to me in some respects, but it's what our culture has honored in, in a sense and given space to. What do you, I don't know what the question is, like what, what do you, do you have any like encouragement for people or advice on how we can, um, how people that are not black or, I, I, I recognize we were chatting with um, uh, Yesenia too and just hearing her stories of, of racial, I mean you grew up in the barrio of, of LA and um, just incredible stuff happened because of uh, just the, the neighborhoods you were in and being Latina and stuff and, and then even talking with Yozi earlier y- the other day and what, can you help us, help, help me out? Um, what, what, do you, what's a, what can our response be to really support and to show strength and to honor um, the, really the change that we're hoping to see? Because the reality is, we, if you don't know this, racism is alive, okay? Now, I, I, if some of you are like, but what about Jesus? I'm not saying Jesus isn't alive. I'm just saying racism is still happening. 
And if you can't say that racism is still happening, then we need to have a conversation, okay? It's probably because you don't see it. You're not in her space, other people's spaces. And so, the, but, but just saying that doesn't mean you're giving up your right to preach Jesus as the highest value we have. But to deny that we're not there yet as a culture is silly to me. So get over that if you've had a hard time saying that racism is real. Um, but what would you say for the people that are like, we're trying, like, we, we want to have some change and some help yeah. this out. So, um, so first off, I do want to, I want to add to that a little bit, um, man, racism, when I, when I see racism, I'm not seeing a people group, and I, and I just want to make that clear, like, racism is, is not a tool that's used by white people to oppress other people. Racism is a deep sin and bondage that is over our nation right now. And, um, and I believe when we change our mindset from a specific people group um, oppressing another one and we actually see that this is a spiritual warfare, that, <laughs> that God has victory over already, that changes everything. Awesome. Yeah. That changes our perspective on how we speak, on how we look at this, on our fear with this. Like, I, I'm not afraid because I know that the Lord is victorious already. He has won this battle and so I, you know, I, I've been speaking out a lot of just, I, I want to be that, that person who's in the middle. And I'm saying in the middle because I, I was thinking about Martin Luther King's life and how he had such a balance and how he was being, he was speaking against injustice, but also walking in peace. And he was, and I believe if he would have lived longer, we would have seen some way more magnificent changes because he was starting to get people to stop looking at each other and start looking towards the Lord and looking towards the, what the Lord wanted. So, and I think that's where our hearts need to be positioned. If we're positioned on the Lord and saying, God, you're victorious in this area. I know you've already won. Just tell me what to do. What, how can we go wrong with that? How can we go wrong with being led by the Spirit? How can we go wrong with um, making change by, by what the Lord has asked us to do? And um, I've had a lot of pressure from people. People have told me that I need to say things that are more harsh or people need to, uh, have been telling me that I need to calm down a little bit. And I've been like, hey, I'm going to do what the spirits told me to do. I'm not going to do what everybody else wants me to do. <laughs> and so, so it's important in this time that we're, we're engaged with the spirit right now. He wants to move in this nation and it's not about the other movements. It's not about the parties that we're a part of. It's not about, you know, like to me, I'm not, I'm not a part of the Black Lives Matter movement. I'm not a part of all these different parties. I'm a part of the kingdom of God. Like I want to be aligned with the kingdom of God. And if our eyes are so focused on secular movements that are always going to fail us, then we're going to fail. We're going to fail. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm ready to watch him transform our nation. I'm ready for this bondage to be broken. And I'm ready to see change come through the church because the Lord is moving through his sons and daughters. He's moving through us. So yeah, I'm ready. Wow. Wow. Well, can I just ask, what, what can we do? How do we, how, how do we, how, yeah, well, people, individuals, as an individual, what can Mark do? What can Mike, and, like, what can we do? Yeah, um, well, one, pray. Please pray. I, 
And, and I don't mean like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go pray. I'll pray for you later. Like, pray. Like, I just, I'm, I'm so passionate about that right now because the, it's, the battle is raging right now. And, and hearts are raw and they're ready. And so I'm excited to see people actually going out and praying, be, encountering the people on the street. If you see somebody on the street and you, like, just what he was talking about with evangelism, like, the more that we share the gospel, the more people who are, whose hearts are going to be healed. Like, I'm excited about that. And so when we're, when our goal is to share the Lord with our, with everyone, then we're going to be able to see that change happen. If we're actually being active and doing that, we're going to see change happen. So, yeah, so praying um, and just, yeah, being intentional, opening your eyes to see, being asking the Lord to show you broken hearts and to show you who needs an encounter with him right now. So Can I just, should we be protesting? Should we be doing, I'm, I'm being serious. Don't yeah, laugh at me. Like, I'm, I'm being real, like protesting and being out in the streets and, and like I don't, all this stuff, it's real, it's out mm-hmm. there. And there's a pressure I feel that if people have said it, if you're silent, go ahead and unfriend me right now. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, I mean, I didn't check my Facebook and now I can't be your friend right now. So like, what's, there's, there's a real, like, there's a battle for friendships and all over, yeah. over, over this stuff. Like what, what about protesting? What about all that stuff? Yeah. Um, I'm definitely about protesting. I think that um, the church being amongst the protesters and those who are angry and bitter and hurt is important right now. And I, and I don't want us to hide. I don't think everyone is called to it, honestly. I don't think that's everyone's calling, and I don't think everyone needs to do that. Not everyone needs to do that. But if the Spirit leads you to and bur- puts a burning desire in your heart to be able to go out and, and to minister to these people, you need to do it. Like, don't ignore what he's calling us to do. And so... Um, but I definitely think we should be we should be in the forefront. I want us to be the face of change, yeah. because I want the Lord to be the face of change. I want the, I want Him to be glorified in all of this. And so, um, yeah. So I I want us to be amongst them. I've been watching in uh, San Antonio. They've been doing some prayer and worship, and people are getting healed and saved in those areas because they were like, "We're not going to stand for this. We're going to go out and we're going to worship and we're going to make some change happen." And they changed the whole atmosphere of all the protests. I mean, imagine us being. You were talking about uh, thermostats and thermometers. Like, imagine us being thermostats inside the protests. Uh, like us going into those places and saying, you know what? I want that I know that this is what God wants for this and I'm going to make that happen. I'm going to be that change. And so, yes. yeah. Come on, changing the whole spiritual atmosphere through our prayer and worship. That right there is the key because there's so many sound waves filling the air, trying yeah. to vie for our attention. The prince of the air is trying to take over and and we're going to say no, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um he's bigger. And so there was even a a powerful, um, I wasn't there, but um, Jay and some others were there on Friday night in Huntington Beach, a gathering of multiple churches, prayer and worship in Huntington Beach amongst protesters. The protesters kind of dissolved, some left, some stayed to hear the gospel being preached. So, and then somebody commented, were you happy that this church group broke up the protesters? And my response was, oh no, that wasn't no, I was, I was excited that Jesus was preached and that there was worship. Um, the protesters breaking up was just kind of what happened. It wasn't our intent. It was just, 
we wanted to have a voice for the Lord and some got to hear and share the gospel with us. So it's obviously, it's not like a them, us. It's like you said, joining in and joining our voice in, and not joining our voice with negative voices, of course, but but rallying and yes, being amongst those that are hurting and hearing their stories. And and I i don't know how many else have felt this, but I've almost felt this like weird, like push for my, my voice and, and almost like, if I listen to the pain and I validate the pain, there's almost this lie that comes in and says, like, you're, you're, you're lifting up the pain and racism and somebody else. And that's not true at all. It's like with any sin, any, anything that anybody's gone through in their life, it, there's pain. And we listen. And, we, you know, Jesus listened to, to the pain of others. But then there's an answer. It's not just, oh, woe is you. But, but oh, gosh, my heart breaks with you. I'm there with you in that pain, in that space. And then here's the answer. And you come in with the prayer. You come in with, with hope and peace. And I can't tell you how many times I've posted, you know, I need to do this more. I'm like, I post a scripture on Facebook, and peop- I get more comments, you know, like, oh, I needed that. It's like their, uh, their minds are just being filled, 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 news, news, this, no, this, no, this, and it's like, oh, there's the truth, and oh, like, thank you for putting truth on, on, on the news feed today, because I needed that, and, and um, I think, yeah, the attention wants us to, to post something powerful about what party's doing what, and, and I, I confess, I get swept up, because I get I get passionate about things and I've had to repent to the Lord and delete a lot of things that I put on Facebook and come back to why am I doing this Lord? You know, like why am I trying to make a point here when I need to make a point for Jesus? Okay. (laughs) Does anybody else delete stuff? I delete a lot of stuff. So I'm guilty. I, I get passionate and I, and I post in haste or emotion. Anyway. You want to speak to some of that or just kind of what did that stir up in you as you were hearing some of that? I don't know. I thought that was good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we have a hand. Okay, go ahead. So the question was for everyone online, in a day-to-day basis and outside of the media, how much racism do you experience? Yeah, so I think it depends on where you're at, honestly. Um, Since I've been here, it's actually kind of crazy. The culture is different everywhere that you go. And um, depending on where you're at is dependent on the people that you encounter every day. Racism isn't something that everyone deals with. It's what specific people deal with. It's a hatred and a, and a pain in their heart. And, um, and it's sad. I think we have a lot of um, bias sometimes. Like we have these stereotypes of people, and we all do. Like I would have a stereotype of somebody um, that I have to deal with and push past and like to think of truth. But um, when it comes to racism, like, I don't, I don't think it's something that I deal with every single day, especially being here. It's different. But um, there are a lot of barriers and things that I've had to deal with. Um, one thing is, like, whenever I walk into a store, like, it, it has been trained in my mind to think, is this person going to think negatively about me or not because of my skin tone? And it's something that I have to, I have to live with every, every day. Whenever I'm walking in, I am aware that I am black and that I look different. And, um, and it's, it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. It's built a lot of 
things in my life that I've had to find healing in, and I've had to spend a lot of time to break those things down. So I wouldn't say that, like, like I, I, I might deal with, like, some forms of, like, limitations maybe every day, but I don't think I deal with racism every single day. So I hope that makes sense. Yeah. So um, we, we, we went over a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of my MO. Um, uh, so we need, to, we need to kind of punctuate this. Uh, uh, would you, Victoria is not just a really well-spoken, intelligent uh, woman. She actually is powerful in her prayers and releasing stuff. Um, would, you, would you pray over us and just, just pray that, um, I, I don't know, anything comes to your mind, but I, I think one thing I would love for our community, um, which, that we would have eyes to see and that we would stick up for people. And not that, not that, not that the, the, the African-American community are victims of anything, because I've heard multiple times that, that that is not how they want to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I don't see them that way. Um, but, but how do we stick up? Like, I think we all need to be, like, fought for. I love when people fight for me. And I love the story that you said your friends fought for you. I'm like, that's brilliant. Like, you didn't have to ask them. They just knew. Yeah. Oh, not on my watch, right? Mm-hmm. She's a person. She's amazing. So maybe pray that we would just see some of that stuff so that we would step in and fight for people if we see it, when we see it. Yes. And then anything else you want to just throw at us? Yeah, so. for sure. yeah. Father, I just thank you. I thank you that you've given us hearts to love the people around us well, God. Father, right now, I just, I just pray that you just open up our eyes to see the brokenhearted, the wounded, Father, right now, and I just pray that you just begin to give us wisdom in how we walk, in our steps, in our words, Father, that when we see injustices, God, that we come against those things, and we do it in in your name to see you glorified, God. And right now, I just pray against the spirit of division right now, God, in our country, Right now, I just pray for unity in the church, Father. Right now, I pray for unity amongst the races. Father, right now, I, feel, I, I just, I, I've, been, I've been feeling just this bondage, this chain that is racism that is over our country. And right now, I just declare that that is broken in the name of Jesus. And that anywhere that we step, that we see the spirit of racism flee, God. We see the, the woundedness and the pain. Just, I, I just, I'm seeing people walk into rooms and people immediately feeling loved by them and feeling the love of God. And they're coming up to us and asking, what, what is that? What, why am I feeling so different? Why do I feel set free right now? And it's because the Lord is flowing through our lives. And so thank you, God, that we are your vessels, that we are open. <laughs> we are open to, <laughs> Wow. Wow, we are open to see you move in this country, God. We're open to follow you, to follow your voice. So lead us, God. Let our, let our ears and our hearts and our eyes be open to what you want to do. And we won't follow any other movement. We're following your movement, God. In Jesus' name, wow. Amen, amen. Come on. Jesus. Uh, can we just, just honor Victoria? We're so thankful. She's such a good friend. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to have a, um, some prayer, prayer team come on up. Um, if you need prayer, 
And uh, when you need to pick up kids, listen, I, I'm just going to say right now, we're most likely going to start next service a little late. <laughs> Won't happen often. Um, it, I, don't, I can't back that up, actually. Um, <laughs> but today, today, I just know we're going we're gonna to push things back. I just don't want to be rushed. And uh, we just we, we did the 9-11 trying to make the day not super long for everyone that's serving and stuff. So if you need prayer, please come on up, anything at all. Um, and then uh, make sure you grab your kids. And we will eventually tell you to just leave through the exit door, apparently. And, um, and so we can get the next people in. So love you guys. Bless you. See you next week. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. Be sure to visit our website at presenceoc.org to find out more about Presence Church.